أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد all praises to Allah, all praises to Allah, all praises to Allah who guided us to this, who guided us to Islam and to Iman and to his Mubarak house on this Mubarak hour of this Mubarak day of this Mubarak month. And we were not to be guided, was it not that Allah had guided us? Oh Allah, to use praise as is commensurate with the majesty of your countenance and the grandness of your authority. Oh Allah, we do not limit you with any praise we can come up with ourselves. Rather, we admit that it is only you who knows the true extent of your praiseworthiness. And may the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon your servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his pure wives and upon his Mubarak family and progeny, and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the Day of Judgment. Alhamdulillah, by Allah's fadl, the Hajjaj have gathered in great numbers in the sacred lands. Some are already there, some are leaving and preparing to leave as we speak and some will leave very shortly by Allah Ta'ala's fadl the Manasik Ibrahimiyah those acts of worship those acts of sacrifice those sacred pilgrimages that are associated with our father Ibrahim alayhi salam now is a time that their zuhur is going to be made. They are going to be shown to the world. Allah Ta'ala never left His creation without guidance. The Masjid al-Haram originally referred to a sacred boundary that was around the Kaaba itself. The original Kaaba that was sent down to this world was not built by Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. Rather, Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, when our father, when he was sent down into this world, and he complained to Allah Ta'ala the pain of separation. He would make dua, he said in Jannah, I felt no separation between you and between me. Here I make dua, and I know that you're there, and I know that you hear me, and I remember. But the same feeling isn't there. I feel separated, I feel far from you. Look, being from near and far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not a spatial issue. You understand what I'm saying? It's not a spatial issue. You have a relative. They live in Itasca, that's near. You have a relative, they live in Mongolia, that's far. 
This is a spatial issue with the creation. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's not what near and far means. He's with you wherever you are. He's closer to a human being than the person's own carotid artery. It's not an issue of near and far spatially. But what is it? It's a feeling that a person has inside of their spiritual heart. That is, I feel far from you. This is causing me anxiety. It's causing me problems. Just like it's causing us anxiety. Just like it's causing people around us anxiety. Why do you think it is that people are so busy trying to make money? Why is it that people are obsessed with houses and cars? Why is it that people are obsessed with power? It's because they have needs. Those needs need to be fulfilled. Those needs are fulfilled by the Razak, the one who gives risk to his entire creation, to the provision to the entire creation. People are vulnerable, they need protection. Allah Ta'ala is Al-Hafidh. He's the one that the protection comes from. People need all sorts of things. The, the, the source of the things that everybody needs, everything in creation, Allah. It's Allah Ta'ala. But because of this feeling of being separated, they constantly, we constantly have this anxiety that we're trying to do all of these things in order to protect ourselves. And it's like, you know, trying to get ice on a hot day, it's all melting, it's all going away in front of our eyes. We don't know, no matter how much we get, it's all going to melt away. The only source of these things that we need is Allah Ta'ala. Our father Sayyidina Adam he came from Jannah, he knew all of this in a way that few people will be aware of. Allah Ta'ala crowned him with his nubuwa even when he sent him here that he would receive wahi from Allah Ta'ala. But still he complained of this separation. So the original Kaaba was what? It was a celestial Kaaba. It was a part of Jannah that was brought down into this world. Allah Ta'ala commanded and He said, Ya Adam, when you come to this place, come with a special adab, with the adab of Jannah. Don't cut your hair. Don't cut your nails. Just like a person didn't do those things in Jannah. Don't answer the call of nature. Don't do those carnal things that human beings do with one another. Come and remember me, and when you have your needs that you have to take care of, you can exit and you can go take care of it, and then you can come back when you wish to. The installation of the Hajar Aswad, the black stone, what's now called the black stone. It's narrated by, narrated by Sayyidina Amr bin Asr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. That the Prophet said that the Hajar Asad, when it first came down, it was white like milk. And it, were, it was the sins of people that made it black. Obviously, you people are pious people. You come to the masjid. I tell you that the Prophet said this thing, and you believe it. Another person who is somewhat skeptical may say, okay, whatever, this is all the same nonsense that religious people keep peddling that the sins of people turns up, white stone, black, what does that mean? It's not a stone like other stones. Abdullah bin Asr, who was one of the stiffest enemies of the Prophet during his lifetime. For most of his lifetime, in fact. He was known as the Dahi of Quraysh, the intelligent one. 
they're the one, he sent him to go and convince the Negus of Abyssinia to revoke his refuge that he gave to the companions عنهم, and to send them back in chains. And he was about to do it. He would have done it as well if it wasn't for the Quran itself moving the Negus of Abyssinia and his decision. Otherwise, he had convinced him. The deal was in the bag. He said, he had, the Negus had agreed. And it was Sayyidina Ja'far bin Abi Talib who then convinced him, said, aren't you going to listen to our side of the story? We heard that you're a just king. Aren't you going to listen to our side of the story? And then the case got reopened. Although he's a very intelligent man. He was a hustler. He wasn't somebody that you just pull the wool over someone's eyes. In particular, it said that the Hajar Aswad, when it was brought to this haram, as a gift from Jannah, it was a part of Jannah, that the nur, the light from it, extended in every single direction. For nearly 50 miles, where the people saw the light, that's where the miqat is. You know the miqat where you have to take ihram before coming in? That the barakah of that Hajar Aswad coming down to the world, the nur, it extended to those places. And so the Arabs marked those places, that's where the mawaqit are. They say it was white as, white as milk, whiter than milk. And that even a person who was disabled physically had some sort of physically irreparable injury when they would make istilam of that hajar. It would cure them of their sicknesses. In particular, Amr bin Asim, this is not from the transmission of the Prophet wasallam. this is him adding something on top of the hadith. He said when the Prophet wasallam said it's the sins of people that turned it black. He said in particular, it's in particular the, the thing that turned it black was what? When idols were brought into the Kaaba and people started worshipping those idols. It's not just something normal that people did. So that's when the, the, uh, the, these, these Mubarak properties, these properties of Jannah, they cut off. It's still a sunnah for a person, the Rasul reconsecrated that Mubarak house. We don't have the celestial Kaaba there anymore. When the flood of Sayyidina Nuh came, that celestial Kaaba that was in that place was lifted up into a place that's mentioned in the Quran, in Surah At-Tur, as Al-Baytul Ma'mur. It's lifted into a place in, in Jannah, which is aligned with the Qibla, the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the Qibla that we have on the earth. And the angels make Tawaf, and the angels pray over there. It's still there, somewhere. Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, our father, Allah Ta'ala then sent him to reconsecrate that Mubarak house. Sent him to reconsecrate that Mubarak house, then build it again, and call the people to come and make pilgrimage to this place. Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, said, how can I call the people who's gonna, there's nobody here that I can even call. Allah Ta'ala told him, you make the call and the message reaching the horizons. This is my job. Your job is just to call the people. And it said that from the Alam al-Arwah, the spirits from the unborn children even, that they heard the call and they gave ijaba. They answered the call of Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, and a person's ability to make it to the sacred house is connected with how, how excited they were in answering that call. That the one who answered the call with fervor again and again, that one will go and visit again and again. The one who answered that call once, that person will visit once. 
these things are not absent from the world. They're still there. There's a picture of the Kaaba behind you right now. Don't, you don't have to turn around and look. You're literally facing the Qibla right now. You're facing the Qibla right now. Every people have a set of stories that they tell. Upon which the sensibilities of their people are built. Upon the, which the sensibilities of their civilizations are built. But these Qasas are the Qasas of Haq. These stories, these are, A, the lesson is good, but more importantly than that, they are true, they actually happen. It makes the people of Kufr and it makes the people of Nifaq upset. What the young people would say makes they're salty about it to this day. Why? Because people search up on their GPS, whereas... Where's Starbucks? Are you going to go get a Frappuccino after Jummah, right? Don't drink so much sugar, it's not good for you. The technology for the GPS is all from what? From the Muslims figuring out which direction the Qibla is. They're salty about it to this day. These Mubarak days, these are the days of the Millah of Ibrahim that not only do we say that these are stories, like other people go and watch Star Wars in the theater, or Lord of the Rings, or Harry Potter, God knows what. Athens, the, the old city of Greece from which Socrates and Plato and the Anbiya of the civilization came, or what they consider to be, what they would consider to be Anbiya. It's named after Athena, it's named after some weird, <coughs> fake, fantastic thing they made up inside of their head. Whereas our Mecca is still there, people still go for Hajj, the Acropolis was in ruins for centuries. Even they themselves know it's a joke. None of them worshipped it. The best they could do is the school of peripatetic philosophy that came out of it explained everything away as some sort of metaphor. In fact, you know who worshipped the who, who worshipped in the Acropolis, their big temple in Athens after its ruin? The Muslims. The Ottomans conquered conquered and ruled Greece for so long, what the, what the territory of the modern nation state of Greece is for so long. The Acropolis was in ruins. What did they do? They rebuilt it. They put a minaret on it. And that's where Jummah used to be. People used to go up the hill and they used to pray. You know how it's all ruined right now? That wasn't time that did that. And it sure as heck wasn't the Muslims. The Muslims actually upgraded it and make it, made it really nice, actually. <coughs> it was the Venetians when they tried to siege Athens and take it over. They're the ones, they're the ones, where do you think ISIS learned it from? They're the ones who bombarded the smack out of it. They weren't even able to take it over. They just destroyed it because they were salty. That what? The Muslims are using it for Jum'ah. If we can't have it, nobody can have it. Their churches go visit a church still to this day. The statues in the churches are not the statues of the saints. They're all the statues of their old Greek goddesses and gods. They just said, oh, this is saint this person, this is saint that. Go look, compare the images, it's all the same. Our ummah, however, literally the same. Hajar Aswad, the people make a stilam of it. Sayyidina Umar who was not excited about this stone. Why? Because he remembered in Jahiliyyah, people used to revere other stones. So he told the people, in front of the people he said, he said to the stone, the Hajar Aswad, he said, yeah, oh, oh, Hajar Aswad, I know that you don't benefit anybody and you don't harm anyone. And if it wasn't that I saw the Messenger of Allah like this, kissing you, I would not have done it. 
But this is the barakah of the ummah of our Prophet that I was reading. I myself, I started six weeks ago talking about Hajj, thinking when will, when will I make it again? Allah Ta'ala made the thing. The visa came in, literally the visa came in uh, uh, in my uh, electronically and the ticket is being cut right now. Inshallah, you probably won't see me for the next two or three Fridays. So I'm reading all the books of monastic to refresh my memory because people have all kinds of questions over there and there's still no group guides anyway. So I, I read, you know, like Al-Amir, it's one of the later, because it's important to read the books of Hajj, the Hajj guides from like early authors and later authors because things change. Sometimes the early authors talk about something in the Haram Sharif that doesn't exist anymore. So Muhammad bin Muhammad Al-Amir Al-Azhari, he wrote this monastic uh, in like the 1800s sometime. Late 1800s. And so he mentioned this. He mentioned this. He says, it's quite possible that the Hajar Aswad, the more barakah that you get from it, more even than the fact that a person is what? Kissing the stone that came from Jannah. The Hajar Aswad is known in the Athars, Yaminullahi fil Ard, like the right, the right hand of Allah Ta'ala on the earth. Kama yaliku bi jalali sha'nihi. Obviously Allah Ta'ala doesn't have a hand, but if a person were to wish to kiss the hand of Allah Ta'ala on the earth, this is, that, this is how you, you will go and do it. He mentioned that the word Yameen means Barakah. One of the meanings of the word Yameen is Barakah. He says that the Barakah and the Hajar Aswad more, because we know the stone has nothing to do with Allah Ta'ala at all. But more Barakah that a person receives from kissing the Hajar Aswad is the fact that the Prophet wasallam kissed it and you also get to kiss it as well. There's continuity, there's continuity. This is a continuity, brothers and sisters. It's not only there. This is the entire point of the talk, which is going to end soon. <coughs> Build up is all for one, one particular point. One particular point that's of immediate relevance to everybody here. The particular point of relevance is what? Is that the continuity isn't there by talking about it. The continuity is there by doing it. This Eid is coming up. If you can make it, go perform your hajj in the best way possible and make dua for me as well. If you cannot make it, make arrangements for your slaughter, for your udhiyah. Do it with your own hand. If it means you have to take the day off from work, take the day off from work. If you've never done it before, figure it out and prepare for it. Talk to people who have. If it's somewhat scary for you, good. More reward. Take your children with you to go and see it. <laughs> if you cannot do it without, with your own hand, still send somebody, depute somebody to do it. If it's expensive, then no, nothing in this world that's worth having is cheap. Allah Ta'ala gave it to you, Allah Ta'ala took it from you. The $350 that you're going to spend in order to buy a lamb, a sheep, $400, you're gonna, things are expensive, these things, they, the, Prices have like exploded in front of our eyes. Even the normal non-Muslim farmers in this country, they know they know Eid al-Adha. And they even up their prices just like they have the prices back home before Eid. Someone's like, it's too expensive. You should have bought a lamb six months ago and like tied it up in your backyard. People keep uh, cats and dogs in their houses. You can keep a lamb. No one's going to kill you. Do it. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Don't be that guy that, oh, you know, we're going to free Palestine. 
Did you pray Fajr today, man? There are many that did. Allahu Akbar, let's do it. If you didn't, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Oh, I'm out of all of our politicians crap. Right? Did you pray Fajr today? Were you part of the solution? Were you part of the problem? Or did you think you're part of the solution because you thought that you can make a tree with a branch but it has no trunk and it has no roots? Do it. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Every hair on the body of that animal, that sacrifice, Ibrahimi sacrifice, is a good deed. The horns are a good deed. The blood will be accepted by Allah Ta'ala before it hits the ground. You should be happy about this. The Messenger of Allah said that you should be happy about this. On the Day of Judgment, these animals will be your herd. You'll ride one of them on the Day of Judgment, on the day that the angels will be lashing with whips the disbelievers blind into the place of judgment. You'll come with like your huge entourage. You should be happy about this. Take the time, figure it out, and do it. If it's expensive, you know, figure it out and do it. If it's difficult to take the day off, figure it out and do it. Do it. The barakah is not there for free. The barakah is there for doing You do this much, and then what happens? You get so much benefit in this world, and my arms are not big enough to show how much a person will get in the hereafter. Don't waste the opportunity. Don't just be a person who talks. Be a person who lives, lives it in their life. That the, the rabbis, they refer to Ibrahim as their father as well. And so do we. But our father's, patri- our father's patrimony, whose hands is it in? It's in ours. The Kaaba is in our, it's, it's in our hands. If it was given to anyone else other than this ummah, other than the Prophet it would have been wasted. The Masjid al-Aqsa, we're the ones who held it in Amana. Until the point of even the Mazar, Sayyidina Ibrahim and al-Khalil. It's a masjid. It faces the Qibla. It's ours. It's been malappropriated now. By force. Otherwise it was ours. If this ummah disappeared from the world, which it's not going to, you would watch, they would waste all of these things again. And there are people in our ummah, we would also waste it again. Because what? There are some people who like to talk, but they don't, when it's time to do things, they don't like to do things. Brothers and sisters, you don't have to make a Facebook post, you don't have to put it on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You don't have to give a khutbah about it. Just do it. Just do it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you tawfiq and give to me. Allah ta'ala accept from you and from me and from all of the hujjaj and from all of the ummah Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For those who it's difficult for them, Allah give them madad and give them tawfiq in order to fulfill these mubarak manasik in these mubarak days. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. So you can take a couple of minutes for your sunnah.